0: Hello, dear listener. Welcome to another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And I'm Aura. And uh, you know what I've been doing for the last couple of days, Ara? Yes, I do know what you've been doing for the last couple of days. What have I been doing for the last couple of days?
1: Trying to get Kim Jong-un on, on the show? No. Oh, Well, you said dear listener so many times, you know, I thought that you were trying to hint at something.
0: No, I did not do that. I did, however, start playing Titanfall for the Xbox One, the Titanfall Beta.
1: That was totally going to be my second guess.
0: Yeah, so I've got a friend on Facebook who's posting incessantly about how, or a few days ago, right, how how he was going to play the Titanfall Beta. And I thought that getting access to these Betas was difficult right like they only select a few people you don't really get in but then there's some games i guess that they just let tons of people in for stress testing purposes and stuff like that so before i realized that before i realized they were going to open it up to every xbox one user which i mean nobody knew until saturday um i asked a friend of mine at ea if he could get me a code and he got me a code inevitably a day later i got the code through traditional means anyway right through the registration so you didn't even
1: need to be an insider but
0: i got in i got in like half a day early um anyway point is i'm in the beta and now anybody who wants to be is also in the beta uh now the
1: logistical question here yeah have you been told how long this beta is good for
0: well we know when the game's going to be released so i assume it is done before that but i don't i don't know if it's only like for one week or what okay (laughs) It will
1: become apparent why I'm asking this question later. Okay, uh, well, continue.
0: let me tell you about this guy. It's it's hard to open up any sort of video game news outlet right now and not see news about this game because the beta just hit right. available for anybody. So what do you know about Titanfall? Well, I already read something on it, so <clears throat> it's not fair. Well, I was just going to ask, like, how much do you know versus how much I know now that I've played it? I
1: think that this game is, like, probably... For you, the most perfect first-person shooter game.
0: It's funny you should say that. Yeah. It is It is pretty good that way.
1: And I'll tell you why I think so. Because you always went gaga over... Um, what's that game with the million foot jumping? Oh. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but I know what you mean. That one, that was like <clears throat> Grand Theft Auto, but with jumping up really high. yeah, yeah. yeah could like anyway
0: is for the xbox
1: 360 yeah so uh titan sounds like that plus fps equals very happy Elon. uh
0: yeah sort of um it would be cool if you could jump higher but then everybody would be doing it and that would ruin it but anyway uh so yeah i wish i could remember the name of that game you're referring to because there's
1: a bunch of I mean, there's a lot of acrobatic moves and wall running and stuff you can do, and I'm, I'm presuming that you're very enthused by all those well, things.
0: Well, I like a game that allows you to maneuver easily. And yeah. this, this is actually where this game fails a little bit. The, the wall running... Not that I've seen any game that does wall running particularly well. All right. Um, Good point. Because <clears throat> it's just difficult to do, especially from a first-person perspective. But um, it does it well enough Right, And you get used to it, so you you can get around the quirks. But yeah, the game is a first-person shooter that also enables you to kind of scale or easily climb the buildings that are in the world without going crazy like Spider-Man and just running up stuff. Uh, but it also has these Titan mech things. Of course, that's why it's called that's Titanfall. Right. This
1: is the big hook of the game.
0: Yeah. And I gotta be honest, I enjoy not being in the mech more than, than being in the thing, but there's uh at least in the beta is it because you
1: don't have as much latitude of movement when you have a mech uh
0: yeah and because you're in i mean the the area you're in is an area intended for, you know, human beings that it's sort of it's a city, right? It's a sure. city not made with walking around mechs, which means that when you're in your mech, you move a little bit to the left and you hit a building. You move a little bit to your right and you hit a building. So you're kind of like you're you're trapped. In the city, and I like a lot more movement. I would have
1: expected that kind of trade off, right? You don't. So, in addition to what I said, you probably don't even feel like you have a lot of. Like, let's just say the landscape doesn't give you a lot of options in the mech. Is that safe to say?
0: They they do a fantastic job of, of opening up. As much as you can, considering the situation. Also, I mean, it's part of balance, right? Right. You you have to be limited in some way if you have this hulking beast that's more powerful than all of the dudes running around. Who said you had to do that in video games? I thought it was just about feeling powerful all the time. But what's interesting, though, is that you can do either, right? And a human can take out the the big mech, and the mech can take out the humans. And what's what's cooler is that... And uh, I told you my friend talking about the beta on Facebook, right? Right. He... uh, he made mention of this in a post recently that one of the things that makes it really awesome is that you can be in the mech, right? And at some point your mech gets destroyed and you have this option to eject and you have a certain amount of time during which you can eject. That sounds like <clears throat> Steel Battalion. A little bit, but... It's, and if, if you
1: don't do it in time your save game gets
0: erased? Well, no. <laughs> but you would die and just respawn in, in most game types. But uh, there's also a way... It's just it's balanced in every way imaginable. So, so let's say you get to this what they call doomed, where you, you can no longer survive, you're going to explode, right? And you have so many seconds to escape. But if there's another Titan that's near you, he can melee attack you and actually reach into the robot and pull you out huh. before you have the chance to eject. So you have an incentive to eject immediately, but if there's no Titan near you, you have an incentive to stay in for a few more seconds and keep fighting. And so this idea that you sort of like, you feel failure and the pressure of failure and the pressure not to die but then you also get this sort of rebirth through ejecting and then being able to attack like you leap really high in the air when you eject and you can continue attacking from the air unless you get shot down in the air by the way which sucks um it's it's an interesting situation to be in where you you know that you're about to die but then you get to be reborn and continue fighting well, without actually dying. It,
1: and, it appears to me that this game addresses one of the biggest shortcomings that I felt FPS games have had, which is run for 10 seconds, then die.
0: Yeah, well, that's the other part that I hadn't gotten to. So for, for me and probably you and our friends who are older and don't get to spend 10 hours a day playing these games, we tend not to gather the expertise that your younger kids can when they have lots of time, right? Um, so I'm just not good at first-person shooters anymore at all. And I don't know that I ever was really good, but I'm certainly not very good now, and I don't have the time to put in to be as good as other people are playing. So that's the problem. You go into this multiplayer game, you just get destroyed. But they built it in such a way where you can still contribute to the effort, even if you're not you know, particularly good at sniping the bad guys, right? Because there's also uh, AI in the game, like know NPC AI characters and if you shoot them you still get points towards the goal but if you shoot a human-based player then you know you get more points but you can sort of concentrate on what your skill set is or um, you know play the game the way you want to play and still be contributing rather than just contributing points to the other side by getting killed all the time.
1: How did you feel about those forced AI around all the time by the way?
0: When I first learned that they existed it was weird, but now I like it because it gives me something to target in this huge world that's only has six six opposing characters in it. Now yeah. there's a bunch more that I can fight, um, and it adds a little bit more tension. But in a way that's not—I mean, it's scaled back. They're not very good, and they tend not to kill you. They don't hurt you as much. Um, it, and plus, there's two different types of them. One is a some are robots, and some are, for lack of a better word, I'll just say humans. Right? So there's humans and robots, but they're not actual people. Playing on is, the the, Xbox. is it easy to tell who's what? And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll say it's a grunt versus a specter. A specter means a robot. Yeah.
1: And then second part <laughs> of that, though, is if, if they're so easy to engage, uh, what's to stop you from just engaging those all the time? And have you tried that? And how does that
0: feel? Yeah, well, they, they only give you one point versus the four points that a, oh, uh, a real okay. player would, would give you, right? So they're not worth as much. But also you can run up to the robot ones and hack them so they turn into robots for your side. That's, Which pretty, is that's pretty another. Cool. I, again, they don't do all that much. Uh, fight. They don't really hurt you all that much when they're against you, but it's still... It's nicely done. I just want to say, like, all around the game is very, very well done. And considering it's beta, haven't had too many problems. I had, like, one crash today and the servers were down when the beta first opened. But, like, all around... It's a pretty good game, and I am surprised as hell that it's coming out of EA, and um, I want well, to keep playing Well, you playing know it. who it is, though. It's the <clears> Respawn guys. Yeah. So
1: just because it says it's being published by EA doesn't mean it's coming out of EA.
0: No, I know, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like, EA still has something to say about, for instance, its release date, and puts some pressure on for... Well, it. yeah, that
1: relationship is always there, right? But but don't, like, make no mistake, and I'm not talking to you as much as I'm talking to everybody else,
0: EA is probably also the company that provides the QA people.
1: Yeah, right. But so, but we would never we would never think that a game like this so original and so nicely balanced could come out of EA,
0: would we? That's correct. That's my point, right? And without without bugs and problems. Like lately, the past year, EA has just been riddled, riddled with issues and everything that they they published. So yeah.
1: Well, it just goes to show you I I've, I've always believed this, but it's um what matters the most is who's making the game. I mean, the people who are architecting the game is what matters, and a lot of comp- corporations don't really seem to, you know, acknowledge that because they just go for it when they want to make a game and publish a game, they want to get that game at the lowest cost possible, which means treating the people who are doing the creative work as commodities. And well, we know what happens when EA does stuff on their own that's corporately manufactured and when creative people on their own, independent of EA, come up with something and they just do the financial deal with publishing, uh, something like this happens. And that's, of course, a lot better for
0: everybody. Anyway, bottom line is I I give it a few thumbs up. Uh, It seems pretty good and uh, I'm happy with it. I'm a little bit bummed that my level is locked so low in the beta. You can only upgrade to like level 14, and I keep getting XP. I want more XP, but you can't go any higher than yeah. 14.
1: Oh, well, that's what everyone so. says.
0: Anyway, uh, people interested in playing should like post on the Facebooks or whatever, and, and I can add you and we can play. It's good times.
1: Well, when we come back, okay. I'm going to start talking about uh, why I didn't play a certain <laughs> beta of a certain game that I was actually really interested
0: in. All right, I want to hear that. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers. How much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All
1: right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio.
0: Yep. All right. <laughs> We don't, we don't have to do so, much intro anymore. Well, I
1: guess we don't, do we? Or yeah. is yeah. like
0: looking at, looking at me like I need to fill the void or well, something.
1: Well, like, you know, I mean, I just like, you know, keeping the opportunity. If you don't yeah. you know, want to mention what hey, you mean earlier this morning. We have a Facebook
0: page. You can find it. That's about it. That's all I have to say. Speaking
1: of Facebook, oh, well, shoot. No, I don't want to say that yet. Okay. I'm going to go back to what I left off with. So I showed you this game, or I told you about this game. Yes. Last week, after last week's show. Mm-hmm. And so now this week's show is coming along. This game I'm talking about is Ace Combat Infinity.
0: Now, what number is that in the series if they st- stayed with number system? Um,
1: It's one after infinity minus one.
0: Okay. <laughs> like number seven or something? Because so, there's been an Ace Combat 6, right? There's been a number six. And,
1: I mean, really the whole... There might be six or seven or eight. Because, and it depends on if you count the portables
0: and stuff. It's like but, Ridge Racer at this point?
1: Well, they, they, yeah, it is. And it's also kind of... You know, I never really made this connection, but that series has also gone downhill the way... Not in the same way, but with similar timing to how the Ridge Racer series has really gone downhill.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're both... They, they follow very similar timelines and life... Well, both of cycling. these are like big, like Namco, big Namco games attached franchises. to the, to arcade and original. Yeah. Well, you know, original PlayStation. I wouldn't be clear, that. right?
1: Franchises. So they've been trying to milk these, I guess, for as long as they have been, and they've been trying new things every time. And the new things that I've, I believe, that they've tried to do with both Ridge Racer and Ace Combat over the past five years, in terms of creative design. I consider utter failures and sales may also reflect uh, that aspect of it. But anyway, look, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how I didn't play Ace Combat Infinity because I downloaded the game and I was like, all right, I'm going to play this sometime. Who knows when
0: the demo or it's a, it's a,
1: it's a, on the PSN store, it's classified as a free-to-play game that's a beta. Okay. Okay? Anyway, when I went to play it today, because I was like, wait, we're going to record the show today. I'm going to play this so we have something to talk about. So, I load it up, I turn it on, start the game, then get past the title screen, and guess what? The beta period has expired. Nice. So now I'm like, what? I just downloaded this. How could this be? I don't remember there being any kind of indication about there being a limited time for this, and I'm pretty I'm pretty disappointed right now because as much as as much as I cataloged for you, Elon, all of the uh, pre-complaining. About my expectations for this yeah, game, it's and I'll explain. Going to be and I'll explain that for a moment too, because <laughs> this show will only deliver high quality, intellectually considered complaining. So I go back to the store, and I'm like, "Where did it say this was going to expire? Because I never saw anything." Right, and of course, um, well, it does say <laughs> that there's a limited time interval. And it was February 4th to the 11th, a week. Nice. Which, but here's the problem. You don't see that annotation unless you actually go into the text description. Not the one that appears when you go to the games page, but the one where you have to actually focus in on the one that's like, here's the game description. You know the one that nobody ever reads? Yeah. Because it never tells you anything useful? Because it can't, because it's just text? Yeah. That one... So you have to go in there and open that up, and then it tells you. So now I'm just, like, beside myself. Well... Why didn't you guys tell me? How am I supposed to know I have to go down buried deep in this menu that there's a note that
0: says, oh, yeah, this is only going to last until the 11th, guys? Well, I feel like they probably saved you. Because let's let's imagine the situation where you played it, right? Where you played the game, and then you talked about it on the show, and you say something like, Alon, let me tell you, this game... I wish that I didn't waste any time of my life in this game. I'm worse off for it, so well, <laughs> given that probably reality, you're look, better off having not played it. There's a non zero
1: chance that that would be the case. I'll give you that it's probably over a fifty percent chance be case. <laughs> but even even still okay so let me let me describe a little bit my um my feelings on why I thought this might be a disaster, even though. I haven't even played it.
0: It's because the last one was so bad?
1: And, well, no, here's the thing, right? And I'm making a couple assumptions here, as I always do. One of the problems that they made with this game in the last release is that they really emphasized this idea that you're part of like this giant squadron. And there's a bunch of things that you could do. It wasn't just like you flying around, like you're a part of a lot of stuff going on. But one of the problems with something like that is that when you're in an action game, it's kind of like a war game. It's, it's actually the exact same problem with uh, pick your war game. Because if you want to make the player feel like they're part of this huge battle where there's lots of stuff going on, and I'm not talking about a one-player game here, then, what you end up doing to emphasize that aspect of the experience actually de emphasizes your own agency in the game. You know what I mean? Okay. In other words, the more the game can make you feel like you're part of a big group, the less you feel like you're actually doing anything.
0: Yeah. Get it? Say that.
1: Espe- especially in terms of having an effect on the outcome of whatever it is you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, as opposed to the old. Old model where you are the the singular wonderful hero
1: right. in the game, and and this this incenses me as a player because I don't value very much the conceit of oh I'm part of this gigantic group because there's not ver- there's not a lot of video game value there. There's narrative value there, but then like it's it's very shallow. It's like oh okay I feel like I'm in a huge battle, and that's where it ends right. And so that was one thing. The other thing is that it's it's really funny there was multi i'm I'm making a huge presumption that this free to play ace combat game is basically you and a whole bunch of other players flying around in the same space now if they made it a dog fighting game, which I really hope they didn't, that would be an utter disaster because something that's really interesting about what they tried to do with they had multiplayer modes in the earlier Ace Combats, but they were almost completely unplayable. And it has nothing to do with design. It has everything to do with just the natural limitations of a air combat fighting game. Because when you're dogfighting in jet planes, whether it's in real life or in fake life, all that you do is you end up turning circles around each other until somebody turns not as much as you do or makes a mistake, and then you get behind.
0: Yeah, him. I've never actually thought about it until you brought it up. But that's like having a first-person shooter with literally no level, like no level design. It's just a big open space. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because you can't. That's that's actually a really good um, analogy, right? Like let's say let's say let's say we took a first-person shooter, and you you're flying in a box for all practical purposes. You're you're walking in a box, and you can only turn really slowly, and and there's no buildings, no and, walls, no and cover. And you can't turn your head, right? You can only shoot where you're facing, and maybe you can turn your head, but you can't turn your actual orientation, except very slowly. So what happens in that situation? You just walk, walk in circles, very slowly, until somebody ends up behind somebody else. This is not fun. So anyway, I'm hoping that that's not what they did. Um, I'm hoping that it's maybe more of a Ace team What if they Ace Combat
0: like, in New York City, and you couldn't, go, couldn't fly very high?
1: Well, for for obvious reasons... That, would, probably that, be that a, would be more interesting. Well, they probably want to pick a different city. But, well, assuming that we have picked a different <laughs> city, um, it would slightly be more interesting. But here's the problem. Another issue is that, I mean, with altitude. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess you'd have to have an altitude restriction. And this is what, they, what they've done in the other games, is that you, they've had you fly in canyons and things like that, so that there's actual... Or, or through tunnels that are actually, right, like, abnormally large... But there's obstacles in them, so you get some kind of feeling that you're navigating through a space and negotiating obstacles, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I just had, I just wanted to play the beta that I can't play. So,
0: um, so f you guys, because I feel like you've tricked me. I'm I'm imagining for some reason now, totally sort of switching a little bit. We know Ace Combat is very different than a game like, say, Raiden. Yeah, but picture Raiden with the presentation and the and sort of the, you know, the three Dness of Ace Combat. Would you be interested in a game like that? Well, they're actually flying in the same direction. You know what? A couple of
1: years ago, this game came out called Cinemora, which you may or may not remember. I, I do. And yeah. that was, I mean, that was, I think, probably the closest thing to that because it was just really, really nicely sharp graphics. Yeah, but it was
0: still side-scroller. I'm talking about, like, you're oh, yeah. in an Ace Combat ship. Yeah. You know, you're seeing the world below you, and you can shoot tanks on the ground, and you can shoot other planes that are in, like, formation. So, and So. I think Space Harrier is probably the closest thing to that. Oh,
1: so you're saying that like it's on but it's still in 3D, and you can... Well, it's yeah, like you're always moving
0: like, forward. You're not turning around, but yeah, there's the enemies okay. everywhere. Like the original
1: Afterburner, actually. Or Afterburner.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, well, Afterburner yeah. didn't never had stuff on the ground, but I think, yeah, that's sort of like that. Yeah, there's That, a, that seems more interesting, I think, than the just free-roaming Ace Well, actually,
1: style. Sega's three-screen arcade game does that, right? Because...
0: It's Because
1: really, for the arcade format, for you to actually turn around, like, you know, change your heading 180 degrees, mm-hmm. was, like, about a quarter of, like, the playtime you get for one credit. So they really wanted to, like, compress that experience so you don't waste time doing boring things like that. So that's actually how that game was. Um, what
0: you, I'm, I'm, I've lost you. It's mm-hmm. called,
1: like, F-18 Strike Fighter or something like that. It was a three three-triple-screen arcade game by Sega. Where it was exactly how you're describing.
0: You mean with like enemies on the ground? And yeah,
1: there's and yeah. Then there's ground targets. There's uh, but your direction of flight is basically along a relatively narrow path. You can still dodge yeah. between there, um, and that's cool. Sure, I'll take another game like that.
0: All right. Well, going a commercial. We'll be right back, folks. Video
1: game radio. It's a
0: number one. Woo-hoo! All right. So I feel like the first half of this episode was a beta, and now now we're ready to go into the real thing. That was the final version, right you you wanted to make sure that we didn't forget to talk about a certain Sega game that you just discovered oh and yeah, in. okay,
1: yeah, and then also the other thing that I haven't told you about yet that I wanna spend about twelve words on is there's a new castlevania demo
0: for the same game you made me play before
1: uh no, this is like Lords of Shadow Two okay, but not
0: not the three d s recreated version or whatever.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get past No, it's it's the, the it, demo for the Full Lord of Shadows too. Yeah. Okay. I I just I was not able to get past or this, the second. second tutorial prompt.
0: You actually couldn't get past it or you just couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Have you deleted it yet? Or are you going I deleted it no, immediately. You gotta keep these things around it, it, so I can play. It. It's you don't understand the I don't want to spend the time downloading that. Yeah,
1: but it's 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 not worth it either. It's the the level of I'm just I'm not gonna let me let them do that to me. Okay. That I I just I feel like they um are inflicting so much abuse on me in the first two prompts of that demo. And I will not be I will not be spoken to like a child, even if that's coming from a machine. So there.
0: You're really sensitive these days. <laughs> and, <laughs> look, I prefer to call it intolerance. Okay. Okay. Alright, well then if you don't if you don't want to play it, then let's not talk about it. And you tell me about the Sega game that you found.
1: Yes. So and of course this is not in America because it's interesting. A new game came out on the Japanese side of PSN for PS3 and it's called Puyo Puyo versus Tetris. And once I saw this, I was like, oh, how cool, something I'm interested in. And then, my, of course, why
0: didn't I think of this?
1: Well, my second thought was, how are, how is this going to work? And it actually ends up working in none of the ways I expected it would work.
0: I mean, let me let me tell you what I I picture I mean, yeah. I, I saw it, but I only saw it for like three seconds. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these games, when they're versus, when you do well, if you clear a line or clear, you know, whatever, then it just sends some junk over to the other side to make it harder for that person to do their thing. Right. So if you're playing Tetris, it's going to send some junk over to the Puyo side. And if you're playing the Puyo well, player, you're then... see, you've already let loose what this game is about. Come on. It's, you said it's Puyo Puyo versus Tetris. Well, that's just the
1: title. Come well, on. What else that... could it be? Well, I had about seventeen other ideas, none of which <laughs> were the case. Obviously, okay.
0: So, so what did you think before before you saw what it was? Uh, I thought it because I some, can't imagine it being anything else. Well,
1: I thought it was just some some uh, combination of Tetris and Puyo Puyo happening at the same time,
0: like Tetris shapes made out of Puyo Puyo characters. I don't know.
1: I mean, it wasn't clear. That's why there were so many. I had so many different thoughts about
0: it. How how many listeners? What percentage of our listener base do you think even knows what Puyo Puyo is?
1: 0.2%.
0: You know, it did come out in America. That's true. There were American versions of it. Do
1: you want to tell listeners how Puyo Puyo works or shall I? i, I
0: got to be honest, I don't even remember.
1: Okay, fair enough. I mean,
0: I know it looks puzzly, it looks like Tetris, but it's not forming lines. It's Okay, so we haven't else. been explicit
1: yet. If you haven't figured it out already, this game is literally somebody's playing Tetris on one side and somebody's playing Puyo Puyo on the other side. And they're playing two different games against each other, but they're competing against each other in the same game. Yes. Yeah. And so you can, have, you can have a Tetris versus Tetris in this game. You can have a Puyo Puyo versus Puyo Puyo. Or you can have a mix. Yeah. And you can play either one. And it's, it's exactly the same game. It's exactly the same old Tetris that you know. Um, they have a they have a hold button, so it's one of the later versions, right? So you can, like, hold the piece that you have and swap it in for the next piece and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, for, so the interesting thing is, right, if you don't know how to play Puyo Puyo, you just play Tetris against somebody who, well, I guess, you, we can't make it as elegant because everybody knows how to play Tetris and Puyo Puyo is a little harder to play. But, theoretically, you could have somebody who could knew how to play one game and not the other and vice versa competing against each other in the same game. Yeah. I, uh, Puyo Puyo, by the way, it's, I, it's basically like it's a Tetris-style falling thing game where you're connecting blobs and you're, and they come down in pairs and they rotate and you have to just get a bunch of blobs next to each other to make them go away.
0: Yeah. Isn't, isn't that kind of like Dr. Mario, Dr. Luigi?
1: It's kind of like Dr. Mario. Yeah. Kind of. Anyway. And it's also kind of like uh, Puzzle Fighter. Kind of yeah puzzle is a little weird.
0: Can I tell you my favorite version of Tetris by the way, is the next Tetris, which was out on original playstation and nintendo sixty four okay it's it's very traditional Tetris, but you get like some extra points for creating you know large squares like twenty five by twenty or five by five squares oh that's neat or four by fours um it didn't affect gameplay all that much i mean you what you would try to create was different but Anyway, it was fun. Also, it was multiplayer. I think you'd have up, up to like four players simultaneously.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, my favorite version of Tetris was a Sega variant called Block Seed, which only came out in the arcade. What? Yeah. Block Seed. Yeah.
0: Like S E E D or S I E D is the end of the, the word block. First seed. one.
1: Okay. Like exceed, but Block Seed.
0: Oh, B L O X. E E D. Okay, so. How is this different than normal Tetris?
1: It's got really crazy power ups that do super cool things. Okay, there's got a bunch of different ones where. So it like doesn't a, have
0: that depressing side effect like Joker's in a card game.
1: No, there's like like you could, there's a bomb will fall when, instead of like the regular block that you get, and that'll like blow up a certain area. There's another thing you can get where I mean I'm going. This is a really old game, so I'm going off of memory. I think there's at some point you could like shoot upward. Okay, at the blocks falling or something like that, or shoot, maybe shoot downward. Uh, anyway, it's all um, it's very creative, and
0: well, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah,
1: it's like it's like early '90s. Speaking speaking of arcade games,
0: can I can I point out? I went onto the, the Killer Instinct arcade or the, the Double Helix Killer Instinct forums because uh-huh. I wanted to find out what people thought my Killer Instinct arcade machine was worth. Because I cannot find a buyer in Phoenix with my Killer Instinct arcade machine. And they're all like, don't sell it for less than $1,000. I can't even get anybody to offer me $600 for it. Wow! And This
1: is, uh, I guess, <clears> the beauty <throat> of local markets.
0: Yeah. So if I bring it... I, I don't know how much I've mentioned, but like I think the listeners know that I'm moving to Colorado. Um, if I bring it with me, I'm going to have to pay like 50 cents a pound or something to put it on a, on a truck. I well, don't want to do that. I'd rather just... Anyway... It's very depressing. So, if anybody can think of a way for me to advertise this thing other than Facebook and Craigslist, let me know. I, I thought maybe I could put it in a restaurant near my house and be like, "Hey, I'll just put it on free play and put a sign up free free game in your in your restaurant." But then I'm like, they probably have a deal with some vendor, and I can't go putting my game in in his shop. Or... Nah,
1: I think you, I think you could go for something like that. But the only problem is is that you're leaving the condition of the thing yes to
0: random teenagers yeah i i wouldn't be so concerned but I would. anyway yeah hard time it's i can't sell this really awesome thing it's uh kind of pain pain in my ass
1: well i think you should store it if you're not going <clears> to <throat> sell it for the price you need so
0: okay can i can i store it at your house
1: we um because i have no other solution <laughs> you know what that's something that i'm open to having a conversation about
0: <laughs> all right Okay, so what do we? What else do we have on the agenda tonight? Oh man! Oh, let me tell you, we wanted to talk about the word gamer.
1: Oh, you know what? The other reason <clears throat> that uh, upset me so much about the Castlevania demo—what
0: high expectations? This, this
1: motion blur. No, like expectations that I could play the game without being um, treated like a child. Motion blur. This is not just about this. Okay, I I don't understand why. Game artists have such a hard-on for motion blur. It makes no sense. I don't mind it so much. In this one particular example, basically what happens is that... Yeah, at best you don't mind it. That's my point. (laughs) You rotate the Mm -hmm. camera around and there's such massive motion blur that... uh, First of all, even if it wasn't there, you wouldn't be able to track with your eyes what's happening. And then when it is there... All it's doing is making something that your eyes would naturally be blurring due to biology even more blurry than it would ever be in real life. I don't know. It does, it does absolutely nothing <clears throat> because if something's moving that fast, it's going to blur. And if it's not moving that fast, then, it's, then you're artificially adding an effect that doesn't exist and doesn't contribute anything.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that.
1: That's how I feel about I it.
0: I like the cinematic look. I do.
1: Well, so do the art people, I guess. All right. But you know what? Okay, and and there's another side to this. They probably just need something
0: to do. Like, it's their job to make it look cool, so they say, well, we put in motion blur. Well,
1: I mean, that's a huge part of it. But the other thing is that, and this is what people forget, you don't get stuff for free in video games. When you do something like this, this is adding cycles yeah. So you're you're Depending going to comp- processing. Yeah, you're going to compromise your processing time, which is going to compromise your frame rate. And it's just it just seems like the stu- it's just like the silliest it's this is silly. Okay, forget it. Let's keep going.
0: I mean, you know how photographers <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you know anything about photography? I know a couple things like about photography. The the concept of the f-stop and all that. Yeah. All right. So the the smaller your focal point the more blurry the picture is going to be for the thing that is not in focus.
1: That's right. And, and of course, right, if, you're, if there's something, depending on your settings, if there's something in motion while you take the shot, of course it's going to be blurred to varying degrees. That, that as well, yeah. yeah.
0: But you can have things that are... And the thing is, people intentionally make stuff blurry. Yes. But then you could just open it up completely and make the entire scene crisp.
1: Right. I clear. hope you're not suggesting that I'm making an argument tantamount to that because
0: I mean I'm just saying there's artistic value in the in the blur. Yeah, no, see this is
1: that's where I disagree. Because when you're doing photography, when you're doing still photo, there's a specific reason why you want something blurry or not blurry or and motion blur is different from focus blur and all these other things. It's because you're talking about a still subject. But this is a temporal subject that's not still. And all it's doing is you're just you're taking tons of processing time to make something look even more blurry than it would look to your eye otherwise it just does not compute for me okay all right i'm done are you done because not if you bring sure. it up again i'll keep going i'm
0: ready to be done
1: okay all right
0: so we've got like a minute left
1: yeah we do we or we're so good at like finishing up like right before we have to go
0: yeah okay so next segment what are we going to do
1: well, we got harmonics is new game. That's an interesting thing. I,
0: I want the gamer topic. That's that's what I'm pushing for. All right. Well, we can do both. All right. We'll be right back.
1: It's Chatterbox. We're back once again, giving you the highest quality level of complaining possible.
0: Yeah, I guess. I'm not, I'm not ready to complain about this. Okay, I...
1: well, yeah, look, guys, I don't want to put words into Alon's mouth. He may not be complaining, So I sure am.
0: We, we have brought this up in the past, I think, a little bit, but you wanted to continue the discussion some more, and then... I told you that independent of of this plan, um, I had a discussion with my wife and with Joe, actually, listener of the show, uh, recently on Facebook because I, I it stemmed from me posting this. My, my wife thought I was being sexist when I posted a picture of um, an ad that I thought was really dumb. So you don't go on Facebook as much as I do, but you get a lot of ads served to me. And there was one, you know, telling me to go to some game design school, right? It mm. wasn't a specific one. It was like, follow, you know, go to this page to learn about game design schools in general, not just a particular one. And the image was of a very attractive girl with, uh, you know, just the right amount of cleavage to make me stare endlessly. and But not too
1: much as to not make other people feel like she's unrealistic or Like, um, not perhaps. so much
0: that she looked like a hooker. Okay. But angled in such a way where it was like, oh, there's a lot of cleavage there, and that's what I'm looking at. And then, after a minute or two of staring at that, I realized that the picture was horizontally flipped because the Xbox 360 controller she was holding had the buttons on the left side and the D-pad on the right. And so I was complaining about these two things and debating about which one made me more angry. The the girl that they used in this picture, which surely would not be at your game design school, or the... Uh, the Unreal Xbox 360 controller. And then people inevitably roll in, what, so hot girls can't go to game design school? I'm like, no, 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 they can, they just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm as for it as you are. <laughs> I want them to go. Um, but it's just not reality. Uh, anyway, so my, my wife got into this whole thing about how she, you know, she's a gamer. She played more hours of video games last year than I did. And I'm like, honey, that's because you were unemployed for the entirety of last year, and I was not. And then uh, I, I came upon, in my own mind, what, what I have determined is the definition of gamer, which rolls into what you wanted to talk about quite a bit.
1: So, Which is the baggage behind the term.
0: Yeah, so I, I defined it for myself as this. And, and uh, there's an, anal- uh, an analogy to, I don't, what's the word for someone who just is totally into movies? Like a movie critic? It's is not a it. movie aficionado buff. movie buff. Movie sure. Nut. Let's just say you're a movie buff or a bookworm or a gamer or whatever the word is to describe you and your medium of choice. Yeah. It's that um, sometimes people will say to me, you know, no, I don't like video games. And I say, well, everybody likes video games. You just have to find the right one. It's yeah. like a movie. Do you remember that time
1: a while ago when we went out to talk to girls in bars and we were we were talking to this one couple of girls who, when I asked them at first, right, they wouldn't admit to liking or wanting to have anything to do with games. And then as we continued the conversation, then they were like, oh, yeah, I played this one and I played that one and I played the other one. Whereas three seconds ago, right they were acting like, you know, like they didn't want to have anything to do with the activity of playing games. I,
0: I don't remember distinctly, I sort of remember us yeah. talking oh, about it. Oh, it was that, so distinct.
1: <laughs> it was so distinct in my mind because especially about how that flip happened. Yeah. And it was like it's like the It's like there was so much baggage about it being associated with playing video games that once you start talking about them, um, especially these girls, right? I'm sure in their mind, they were like, well, we don't want to be, like, we don't want them to think that we're this type of person who plays all these video games and all this other baggage that's associated with that. That is, like, all, pretty much like all of the anti slash non social aspects of human behavior that you can think of.
0: Yeah. That's well, what's associated
1: with being a gamer. Oh, well, yeah, right?
0: there's that baggage. So, but what I'm talking about is, so it's weird because my wife is by no means a gamer, but she definitely played a lot of games. So then... uh, Right, so what is a gamer? Let me explain to you. So, just like I'm not a movie buff, but there are movies that I've watched and like, and I still want to go see movies from time to time. Um, And I don't like books by any stretch of the imagination. I hate reading. It's such a chore for me. But there are some books I've read that I like, and I would even recommend to people. It's, It's rare because I especially dislike reading, so I read fewer than, you know, than, for instance, movies that I go see. That's exciting. But let's say... I have a weekend to fill. Like, I have nothing this weekend. My wife's gone. I don't have a kid yet, but the kids are gone, right? Nothing to do. Am I going to read a book? Am I going to watch a movie? Am I going to play a video game? I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to seek out a game that I've never even heard of. I'm going to say, what games are out there for me to find and to play? There is something. So that is a gamer. And I would say a movie buff is the person to be like, oh, I'm going to watch. Every Francis Ford Coppola movie I can find so I can, you know, study his whatever and learn everything that he does with his movies. And, um, you know, a a bookworm would find the next book that they want to read. They would go into the book review sites or whatever and read the thing that they want to read. Um, Well, that sounds very reasonable. That's what I think is the definition. It's not just because you play a game doesn't make you a gamer because it's just part of life these days. There are some games you will play and you might deny being someone who plays video games. Meanwhile, there are plenty of games you could enjoy if you gave them time. But a gamer is someone who seeks it out in their spare time when given the opportunity to do something else. And a movie buff, the same with movies and books and whatever. So that's my definition of it.
1: You could also call that person an enthusiast.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever. Movie enthusiast, game, whatever. Um, and and I think that is a, a pretty clear separation. It's that with with the option to do anything, this is what you choose to do. And there are people who are runners and whatever weightlifters that's what they're into and uh and yeah that's why i say my wife is not a gamer yet she plays the heck out of like Catan and plants versus zombies and stuff like that
1: she doesn't care enough about the uh activity or hobby or whatever you want to frame it as to basically on her own engage and explore what's out there
0: exactly it's not like it's not her default taste like it is for for us and so anyway that's my definition of of Gamer, And I think that it's a pretty good one. And I would challenge someone else to come up with a a better description or a reason why that is not valid. Um, So this is funny
1: because I'm pretty sure we didn't cover any of this before, actually. The whole – I got kind of interested in this topic because somebody wrote a piece a long time ago about the term. And basically, here's what they said. If you love games, you should refuse to be called a gamer. And presumably, he was saying this because of a couple things. One of them is because of the baggage that it comes along with, the stereotypical things that it comes along with. But the other thing, and, and I find this um, a lot more, a lot weaker than the first one, is that he this this guy was putting forth an argument that the term gamer perpetuates... A Homogeneous and Exclusionary Video Game Culture. So my question to you is that, does that sound crazy to you?
0: Um, or does that sound I, sane to you? I think I kind of remember this article, and I think it's, the argument is based completely off of the baggage that exists, like in, right. in society, and I think that's an invalid way to approach it. So. I,
1: I agree completely, too, because the problem the problem with, this goes for everything. I think the problem with having a word that has some baggage is that the baggage is different for different cultures and in other cultures or subcultures, it doesn't even have any baggage at all. And we certainly know what the word gamer means just strictly speaking, which is somebody who plays games, right? And that's all it should mean. And I think that we get, I feel like this is where you're going and this is where I'm at too. We get into a lot of trouble once we start assuming that, certain stereotypical baggage is a necessary part of a
0: definition of the term uh, yeah well that's um i agree <laughs> i'll i'll simplify my my response with that uh i just think it's if you're going to make a definition or tell someone how to be then you should sort of imagine the utopian view and not the temporary baggage point of view that does exist because eventually we'll be beyond this idea that gamers are are useless or uncool or whatever. That's right, and, and we should work towards no, that.
1: It's feature. really it's really important. And let me give you an example. The term "whore," for example,
0: I, I'm not familiar with its etymology. So simply please.
1: means well, I don't know the etymology either, but it simply means somebody who takes, or a woman specifically takes, is paid for sex. OK It doesn't say anything about her morals. It doesn't say anything about her values other than she sells sex.:
0: Yes. It doesn't
1: say anything about how smart she is. It doesn't say anything about how intelligent she is. Um, it doesn't say about anything about how good a mother she is, if she's a mother. It doesn't say anything about her one way or the other, other than the fact that she's selling her body for
0: sex. Yeah, but there's a negative connotation associated with it in, in today's society. Well, so
1: as there is with gamer, just not as drastic.
0: Yeah. I guess gamer is another one of those words that I constantly say will will forever morph because people aren't happy with what it represents.
1: Well, this is the problem, right? Is that there's it has a meaning, and this, this, is, well, this is funny, right? This is stuff that pisses me off. Words' meanings don't really change, but they actually do And there's some words like the word retard, for example, which I brought up before, where retard means something very, retarded especially, means something very precise. It's a scientific word. And it actually has meaning outside of uh, mental health, but it's also a very specific term in mental health. And there's, there's a contingent of people who believe that the word retard or retarded should never be used. And these people don't understand that you have to call something what it is. When you're working on the timing of your um, – uh, uh, um, of the valves in your engine when you're working on a car, right? Well, you guess what terms they use. You can either advance the timing or you can retard the timing. It doesn't mean you're making a statement or a value judgment one way or the other. Yeah, so, so I get your point. And- so stop being so um, – so, so um, what's the word? neurotic everybody okay
0: so you're upset about the word gamer that's 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 what I gather
1: well it's just people need to stop making up things that don't exist that's Uh, that's the issue for me it doesn't exist just because it has that connotation in some circles doesn't mean you should carry that around everywhere
0: I think what you're saying is take it back yeah take back the meaning of that word yeah
1: take back gamer take
0: back retard take back whore Okay. There's probably a few other we could list off that I'm not going to. Those are the best ones. Okay. So. Okay, good. Well, uh, thank you so much once again for listening. Our, uh, our Facebook page that I didn't, I didn't really specifically mention before is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Um, that's about all I got. I mean, we'll be back next week. And uh, if there's any topics you want us to cover, let us know on that page or email us. We'll be here. Good night, guys. Listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info in the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember all your base are belong to us.